And welcome back, everyone. This is Scott Eklund here with Chris Fetters. We just wrapped up day 12 of Washington spring football. Only three practices left. Cloudy skies today. Rain held off until right at the very end. And uh, had, a, had a pretty good day, about a little over two hours on the field today, uh, on the east field. And uh, honestly, one of the better practices we've seen from the offense, wouldn't you say? Uh, yeah, I think so, Scott. Um, there were certainly moments... Um, they had a third period drill, team drill. They had a, tr- a team drill at the end where they were starting like at their own 10, 15, 20-yard line and moving the ball down the field. Um, I know some Washington fans are going to be very happy when I tell them this, but Jacob Eason, I think, had the, probably the best day I've seen him. You know, And again, the media doesn't see him like maybe some of these other guys do, and we know they've had some live scrimmaging you know, on these Saturdays that we're not allowed to watch them. And we've heard really good things about Jacob Eason on those days, but based on what we had seen up till now, it felt like Jake Hayner was kind of the guy. But I will say, you know, he had the play of the day. It was about a 50-yarder just on a, a dime over the top down the sideline to uh, Andre Bocelli. And, um, you know, and he wasn't able to get him. He got him almost all the way down to the end zone the first time in the final team period, but couldn't punch it in. Looked like Kyler Gordon should have had a pick in the end zone which I know we'll get, we'll get back to Kyler in a second. But um, then coming back the other way towards us, he was able to drive him downfield, had some really nice plays, had a great fourth down conversion to Hunter Bryant, which I thought was a real nice catalyst. Oh, and then, yeah, and then, uh, and then um, Savon Ahmed was able to roll on in for a touchdown to finish it off. So I thought really good day for Jacob East, and I thought it was a good day for Jake Hainer, but again, couldn't get it into the end zone at the end, so I thought that was kind of telling. Overall, I think, though, I think, I think Easton had the day. Yeah, I thought uh, Trey Lowe actually had quite a nice uh, practice today. Got open quite a bit. We've heard a lot of things about the way he's been playing over the last couple weeks. He's really come on, coming out of the slot. 5'8", 183 pounds, I think, is what he's listed at. Um, but compact frame. So he, he might not be the biggest guy in the world, but because of how compact his frame is, he has that size and, and can get away and has good speed and good quickness. So, um, you know, as far as that, that slot receiver position, Chico McClatcher's there, Trey Lowe. What are, you, what are you thinking as far as rotation is concerned? Because even Austin Osborne's playing some out of the slot as well. Right. I think there's a lot of opportunities for guys. I think Chico is certainly uh, one of the main guys you have to look at. I think even an Andre Bocelli can be used uh, in either either inside or outside. Um, yeah, I think Trey Lowe had a really nice day. I thought he showed as well today as he, had all, as he has all spring. Um, so I think there's certainly a bunch of different options they could go with. Um, you know, we don't know how they're going to utilize a guy like Aaron Fuller, you know, coming in the fall. I mean, he's a guy that you would expect could do a number of different things, too. So, um, yeah, I thought overall, I thought the receivers had an okay day, if we include the tight ends in terms of the, oh. kind of the pass-catching thing. Guys like Hunter Bryant, again, showing up, making big plays. But then again, there was a couple times where a Kate Otten or a Jacob Kaiser or one of these other guys could have maybe made a play down the field and didn't quite hold on to it. So, you know, there's going to be some issues in terms of consistency from time to time in spring. I thought that showed up a little bit today, but overall I thought they were pretty good. Yeah, and the quarterbacks hitting their spots like they needed to and everything like that, I think that really helped matters a little bit too. Uh, let's get to the defensive side of the ball. You know, we, we watched the, that secondary and, and we talk about how special it is. And I, I was talking to a couple high school coaches on the sidelines. They were asking us a little bit about the team and, you know, because they don't get out and watch a lot of go, what's going on with the Washington Huskies. And I said, 
we watched Kyler Gordon come and make a play, and, and you can kind of relate the story that where uh, a play was made at, in, during the Oregon spring game, and they were raving about someone's 35-inch vertical. Well, yeah, basically at the end of Oregon spring game on Saturday, I think it was Mikkel Wright had a pick in the end zone to kind of finish off the spring game on a, on a high note for the, for the defense, which was great. But I think they were talking about something about his 35- or 36-inch vertical, and I'm thinking – well, wait until this coming Saturday when you can get acquainted with Kyler Gordon in his 42-and-a-half-inch yeah. vertical. Um, he was all over the place today. I thought he had a great uh, great day. And he did have a pick. He had the one pick. That was the one drawback, I would say, for the defense. They did a really good job holding the offense out of the end zone until the very last series, but they were only able to generate that one turnover, and that was a Kyler Gordon pick. It was a really nice play. He should have probably had another pick. The one off of Eason in that in the corner there, which was it's hard for us to see because it was in the corner where the the offense is at, and so when the offense they start the, the the guys that aren't playing they start to cheat out into the field so they can see what's going on, which makes it almost impossible for us to see. So uh, Kyler Gordon was kind of the I won't call him the defensive player of the day, but he definitely had a really good practice. But he was playing with the twos today. Today was Dominic Hampton's time with the ones. And uh, watching he and Keith Taylor out there, just two long corners. We've talked about it a couple times. Just so impressive out there. And then you look at the way that the, the safeties are playing and everything like that. But the scary thing is they have a guy who I don't think any of us thought would have a chance to push for a starting position that could push for a starting position in Cameron Williams. Yeah, no, I think Cameron Williams had a really, really good day today. He had a great breakup coming over the top. I think it was against Troll Bynum, if I remember right. Um, and I think uh, Hampton, or it was uh, so, whoever the corner was, was right on the coverage too, but yeah. uh, he came over and made the play. Right, and I would say Dominique Hampton, I thought, had a really strong day. Again, we've talked about it all spring, that the combo of him and Keith Taylor, the ranginess, the size to have on, on either island, you know, out there is, uh, is kind of mouthwatering. It's kind of, it would be fun to see that happen, but I think Kyler Gordon's going to make it difficult for people. But again, going back to, to Cameron Williams, I asked Jimmy Lake about it, if he's making uh, Jimmy's job tougher in terms of selection when it comes to, you know, what now can you, can you keep Miles Bryant in the slot, for instance? Because Brandon McKinney and Cameron Williams paired up a lot today. And he goes, no, 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 that, that makes my job easy. Because basically his point is that he wants everybody to be able to play everywhere. So he even wants a Kyler Gordon or he wants a Dominique Hampton to be able to maybe even take some reps back at safety if they needed to. So, but the point is, he, he had a really strong game to the point, a really strong day to the point where I'm, I mean, he is definitely in the rotation this fall. I don't think there's any question in my mind. Well, okay, let's say that Washington had Taylor Rapp still. Let's say JoJo McIntosh was, in, was here as well. Would he be in that rotation, do you think? No. He wouldn't. Okay. No. But, I mean, that's, that's – it's, it's just – part of it's – all I'm trying to say is, while he's playing well, part of it's also circumstances as well. No question. I mean, it's, it's a numbers game. There's no question that, based on the need that they had, it was important that he came in to get the early spring stuff. Um, that's why you're seeing guys like Asa Turner come up and spend basically a week up here – being really up close and personal with guys to find out what's going on so that he can hit the ground running. Um, that said, yeah, if they had, if, if guys like Taylor Rapp had decided to, to, for, you know, to stay their senior season, I think that makes the, the job of Jimmy Lake a little easier in terms of saying, 
Cameron Williams, you're having a hell of a spring. I love what you're doing. You're running into walls 100%. You're playing, you're playing fast and you're playing aggressive. I love everything about it. But your time is going to come like Byron Murphy's time came after he redshirted. So, yeah, I think in that sense, there's no question. I think he would be on a redshirt track if Taylor Rapp had come back. But they don't have that luxury right now. And the scary thing is the guy who a lot of us thought would actually play last year and not redshirt – and part of it's because he's still recovering from a shoulder surgery. But Julius Irvin is still lurking there. We're just not talking about him because he's not really playing right now. Right. And, I mean, that is the scary part, is Washington could throw out four guys, only one of whom really is going to be able to have a chance to start, whereas all of them could be – that could be your secondary next year, realistically, because Keith Taylor's probably gone after this year. Who knows what Elijah Molden does if he has a really good year. Miles Bryant is gone. Brandon McKinney had probably not gone, but, you know, whatever. But you could be talking about Dominique Hampton. Um, You could be talking about uh, Kyler Gordon, Julia Servin, Cameron Williams, all playing next year as starters. And then we're not even talking about Trent McDuffie or Asa Turner or Cameron Fabi-Kulanen. This secondary, I don't think we can really oversell this is a golden age for Washington in the secondary they've had great secondaries in the past but as far as NFL guys and NFL talent I don't know if it's ever been this loaded well you're right and I would also say too I mean we talked to Jimmy Lake today and he was talking about how every uh, draft he has his guys over to, to watch what's going on. And so even the, even the Kevin Kings and the Buda Bakers and the Sidney Joneses, and then obviously now it would be Jordan Miller and JoJo McIntosh and Byron Murphy and those guys, they've all kind of experienced that. And they've all, so now he's saying, hey, you know, when the first, first round comes on Thursday and we're all at my house, you know, loving life and watching these guys fulfill their dreams, the guys in the room that I'm going to be with right now, they're going to be like, yeah, that's my name's going to get called next year or the year after yeah. that. They want really badly to be those next guys up. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how he recruits, and that's how he develops guys in his system. So he's not caught unaware if a guy like Keith Taylor or Elijah Molden or Brandon McKinney decide they want to turn pro. In fact, he may be encouraging it because he knows he's got the talent down the road to get there, and then it keeps perpetuating because he can go to the next recruits and he go, you know, how did he get Trent McDuffie? How did he get Asa Turner? How did he get Cameron Williams? How did he get Cameron Fabricolanen? Guys, look at what we're doing. We're, we're, you're going to be able to see it right now. Look at these guys that are going in the draft. That's going to be you if you do everything the right way. Uh, let's uh, just talk uh, quickly about some of the guys not on not on the field today. Um, one guy that was a little limited seemed like uh, Levi Onwuzurike. He did get out there and do work and things like that, but he wasn't doing stuff with the team with the team drills. Um, uh, Mateo Mele uh, looked like he was off to the side working working with some stuff, doing the bike and everything like that. Troy Fautanu, who we've talked about, it was out. Um, Jamin Patu uh, is a new name. Um, just out. Didn't look like anything serious, but uh, just, you know, was out. Um, trying to think. Who else? I mean, well, we, Fatu we, Suagadnet was out. Other, yeah. We've um, uh, Fuller, Aaron Fuller, uh, Ty Jones. Those guys are all out. Quentin uh, Pounds. Quentin Pounds was still out, although he was out there running around 
doing stuff, catching passes just like Fuller was and things like that, just not doing team stuff. So, um, you know, overall, not a lot of new stuff, but a few a few new guys with maybe some nicks and things like that. Just just something to not even really worthy of keeping an eye on. Just we're letting you know what, what was going on, why you're not hearing some of these names. Uh, as far I gonna, Well, I was oh, going to say that the, the thing with Melee was interesting because obviously that affects – the depth at left tackle because he was taking a lot of the second team reps. So we saw Henry Roberts take a lot of reps there. I think it was, was it Chase Scusa was taking yeah. some reps there mm-hmm. as well. So that kind of affected things a little bit too, but it was good to see Henry Roberts get some, some reps at that left tackle spot. I thought he actually looked pretty good. And one other thing to note on the offensive line, um, Nick Harris didn't look like he got hurt or anything because he was out there doing drills. But Cole Norgard took probably 75% of the snaps of the first unit. And I thought he actually played pretty well. He, and his, his snaps, remember, if you remember last year, Chris, they were all over the place. You know, he had never really snapped before and everything like that. And I think he's gotten to a comfort level where, where he's snapping the ball and now it's not having as many struggles as it had before. Right. There were a couple of wayward snaps that I saw today. but but I don't the, think those were him, though, were they? They, I think, a couple, one of them a couple was. Were, okay. well, I would also say Corey Luciano was taking a bunch of reps, too, yeah. at center. So without melee out at center, you're obviously seeing more Cole mm-hmm. Norgard. You're seeing more Corey Luciano as well. So I think Will Pliska, um, at least earlier in the spring, was taking reps mm-hmm. at center as well. So, mm-hmm. But it was good to see Norgard in there and kind of, excuse me, kind of get his – uh, kind of get his reps in, get his turns with the ones, because, again, I, it's just one of those things with uh, with Nick Harris. He It looks to, like he's been perpetually kind of limping for like two years now. He just he, he kind of has my old man walk going, mm-hmm. and I'm like twice as old, at least twice as old as he is. So you can tell that the kind of his, you know, over the course of his career, it's kind of taken a toll. You know, he's a much bigger guy now than he was when he first came to Washington. Um, so I think he's going to always kind of perpetually have that little bit of a, of a gimp going on. I don't think he's hurting. I don't think that's at all. But I just think, again, with their mandate of not, quote-unquote, not winning spring, they're going to they're gonna make sure that these other guys get their turns too because Norgard, Luciano, whoever else behind them, they really do need the turns more than Nick Harris because they already know what they've got with Nick. So let's move on to um, the, uh, the visitors today. There, were, there was a group of kids from Cascade Christian down in Tacoma, a little small 2A school down there in Tacoma. They came up with some of their coaches. Um, and then uh, some recruits that were on campus, like like big-time recruits. Junior Alexander was there, Jabez Tanay, and Reed Shumpert. Those are all three really good players from um, from Kennedy Catholic. Also, their quarterback, Sam Heward, was over on the other side with Sheldon Cross, his head coach, watching the quarterbacks. And then uh, probably the biggest name besides Sam Heward, probably the biggest name that was here that is from out of state is a guy by the name of Rome Odunzi um, from uh, Bishop Gorman. And um, he was up. He's a wide receiver. Probably, I want to say, in the 6'3", 6'2", 6'3", range, about 190 pounds, uh, was up here. Looked like his mom was with him. Just kind of hanging out, watching practice, and and uh, did a, you know enjoy. It seemed to be engaged and watching a lot. You know, because you, you see some of these kids on the sidelines and they're they're surfing their phones while they're at practice. And he was actually engaged, watching and and watching them do drills and, and everything. And the, he was greeted by the coaches when he came up. So um, I imagine we'll be trying to get a hold of him over here over the next couple. You know, maybe this afternoon, hopefully tomorrow, whatever it is. Uh, we'll 
we'll be trying to get a hold of him and see how his visit went up to the University of Washington. I think this might be his first time up. I don't think he's been up here before. Right, and I was going to say, too, for those that don't know, uh, Sam Heward is the, is the son of Damon Heward, and he's also committed to Washington and played quarterback for the 2021 class. What is he ranked? Is he the number one right now quarterback he's, for that class? He and another guy are tied for the top two. Um, the other guy, I think, got the is like number six, and Sam is number eight in the top two, four, seven. Oh, overall. Overall, yeah. So, um, But they're tied for the top top two quarterbacks in the country. But I was going to say, top ten of all players for the 2021 class, Sam Heward. So Washington's obviously already already done for that, and Sam's doing a, a job of trying to get some of these other 2021 guys in, guys like JT Tuimalau, um, got Emeka Ibuka, the, the kid from Stillicum. Yeah. Um, so He's also working on Johnny Wilson who, and, and uh, Jalen McMillan, who are 2020 guys who came up and played with FSP. Both receivers. So both wide receivers. Johnny Wilson is a big-time guy. Jalen um, McMillan, sorry, was drawing a blank there. Jalen McMillan is a uh, big-time guy out of uh, San Joaquin. So one's in Northern California, one's in Southern California. I think uh, Wilson's at Calabasas. Is that where it's at? Yeah. So um, those are two big-time wide receivers on, and targets on Washington's list. Do we want to talk a little bit about players of the day? Yeah, we can We can do that. Um, I think my, I've, I'm kind of torn. I haven't completely decided yet, but offensively, um, I was thinking of Trey Lowe because uh, I thought he was consistently one of the best guys today. But Austin Osborne had a lot of catches today. Um, he was getting open quite a bit. So I'm kind of going in between those two guys for offense. Defense, boy, I think you could say Kyler Gordon. Um, you you like the day that John Clark had up in the middle there. Yeah, I could talk about that. Okay, and then um, so I would I would I would probably go with uh, Kyler Gordon for mine. I was going to say for offense, I thought that um, obviously Hunter Bryant really showed up. Mm-hmm. I thought the con- you know the connection between Easton and Bryant could be something really special this fall. I mean, just the way that they combined and. Um, Hunter just has a knack for, I mean, obviously not the 50-50 balls, which we saw obviously that in the Rose Bowl. Uh, There were great examples of that. But just his feel for finding space and settling in the zones and just finding places, pockets where he can be open, um, he he has such a good feel for that. And then obviously Eason has the arm talent to be able to get it to him. Even if he's maybe late on his reads, he can just, you know, reset and just fire. And uh, we saw that a couple times, too. I'll agree on Austin Osborne. I thought he had a nice day. Andre Bocelli, I think, had the play of the day. Mm-hmm. So I thought he showed up late. Um, I would say uh, Henry Roberts, left tackle, I thought really showed up and, and played a, a nice game, even though we haven't really seen that much of him on that side. He's mostly been featuring in that position battle on the right side. Um, so it was good for him to get some, some work on the left side. And I thought he played well. Um, I would also say, too, Defensively, there are a few guys. We, we mentioned Kyler Gordon. Um, thought he showed up. Again, we talked about Cameron Williams, too. I thought Cameron Williams had a heck of a day up front. We, we would call that the play of the day, His where he tracked it from, from one hash all yeah. the way to the other side. Yeah, no, he, 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 he was ball hawk on that one. Yeah. That was a great play. Um, I would say John Clark, I thought defensively was great. They, they've, I don't know if they've really started to settle in on some pairings defensively, and I wanted to talk to Akaika Malloy about that today, but didn't get an opportunity to talk to Akaika. But it sure looked like John Clark and Benny Potoi were getting a lot of reps together. Obviously, the pairing of Sam Taimani 
and Thule. Latuli Gessanoa is a natural pairing, just like with the linebackers, that natural pairing of Jackson Sermon and MJ Tafisi has been kind of featured this whole spring. So I thought John Clark up in the front there, he had a great batted ball in one of the team periods at the end, really did a nice job. Volleyball spike. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was it was really good. I mean, it was Jake Ainer. So again, yeah. we talk about the size, and, and it's, it's maybe easier for him, but um, I thought it was a really athletic play. And then I, I want to give props to uh, to Eddie Ulafoscio, yep. who I thought was yep. all over the place. Had a few touch sacks. I didn't even cons- you know I didn't even mention him. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought he had a couple nice touch sacks, and uh, really I think he's just a he's going to be kind of a Swiss Army knife. It feels like Scott. It feels like they're they're just going to kind of plug him in wherever. He certainly it seems like he's one of those guys that just kind of has that IQ. Because they're trying him on both the outside and the inside, depending on numbers and depending on who's available that particular day. But between him and Ariel Nada, who also Ariel Nada had a chance to pick off a pass too today at the end. Um, I thought both those guys had good days, but Eddie Ulafoscio I thought really showed out. Yeah, I did too. So uh, let's Which is r- weird. Two, two walk-ons. Yeah. I mentioned this my point. But, but again, that shows the depth, and it shows what spring's all about. I mean, because yeah. Kim, if Kim was here, he'd talk about the running back uh, you know, there was always a walk-on running back that would get the player of the game yeah. for spring game because they would always rush for the most yards because they get the most carries. And uh, I remember a kid from Texas named Scott Ballou. People are probably going to – that's a blast from the past. But I remember when Scott Ballou had a, like an MVP-type spring game performance and everyone's like, oh, he's going to do monster stuff in the fall. Didn't do it. He never got a carry. But uh, so, but it, it, is, it is a testament to the way the – the red the, the the walk-on program is being developed. Jack Westover, I thought, had a decent day today as well. Another guy that's had a pretty solid spring. So those are just you know three guys that I think in the walk-on program that have done a very nice job. And we are not even talking about like a Dustin Bush, who I think has been pretty solid throughout as or well. Or Malik Braxton, yep. yeah, yeah, for the the running back. Uh, quick, just final thoughts. Just overall, again, I thought this was pretty even for the most part in terms of who won the day. I thought. The offense won at the end because of the touchdown that Jacob Eason was able to engineer. I thought that was a really strong drive. Um, I thought overall, up to that point, maybe the defense had had gotten the better of them because they had been kind of a bend but don't break in in that final team period. They had allowed a lot of yards between the 20s. But once the offense got in the red zone, as we saw last year, tough sledding, especially against this defense in that secondary. So I, but I thought the offense did a real nice job today, especially at the end of the day. Uh, again, we talked about some of the players that really showed up, and um, it was a good, it was a good spirited one. We we literally, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. We literally only have one more practice for the media before the spring preview, and it's done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're literally less than a week before we're already done. Spring's out of the way, and now we're doing our our spring uh, reviews. Position reviews and all that stuff. So I'm talking I, about camps and stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm amazed at just how quickly it's all flown by. Yeah. Just wrapping it up for me, um, I thought the offense definitely had the better day um, overall. Like you said, though, Chris, a lot of it comes down to what were they working on? Were they working on bend but don't break and, and red zone defense and everything like that? Because the red zone defense, the offense only scored one touchdown today. So um, you can look at it that way. I thought they worked a little bit more running into the into the practice today which they had is a, a pretty good size they had a pretty yeah. good size third down period with yeah. the team as well and that's something where i thought the offense struggled a little yeah. bit the, the defense i thought excuse me i thought they certainly got i think the upper hand mm-hmm. there um you know um i'm i'm liking what i'm seeing from uh the some of the young 
wide receivers. I think Marquis Spiker flashes here and there, but the most consistent guy has been Austin Osborne, and now we see Trey Lowe coming on too. That's only going to help the the wide receiver core uh, when Andre Full or uh, Aaron Fuller and uh, Ty Jones uh, get back and Quentin Pounds. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out because I I think Washington's starting to develop some depth there. But it's an experienced depth, so we're going to just need to see how that works. Otherwise, I thought it was a really good practice. Um, it was nice that the rain decided to hold off until the very end when, when we were trying to do our interviews, and we got done with those real quick and came inside. So, um, you know, uh, for those who are wanting to get, um, you know, updates from dogman.com uh, in their inbox any more, every morning, because I think we send out one pretty much every morning, if not a couple times a day, and uh, especially with the NFL draft coming up, we're going to have a lot of stories on the guys getting drafted, the guys where we're hearing uh, some of the free agents may end up and everything like that. A lot of breaking news. A lot of breaking news. So you guys are going to want to be on our email list because we just send you that. We don't spam you or anything like that. It's literally just links to our site for the news stories that are up for the day. If you want to do that, email huskystadium at gmail.com. Put in the subject line uh, newsletter, and we'll get you you guys signed up for that and get that out to you. Trust me, it's worth your while. Other than that, uh, we've just completed day 12 of spring football. There's three practices left, two that are open to the media, one of which is open to the entire public. And if you can't watch it live, watch it on Pac-12 Network, I think. Uh, but for Chris Fetters, for myself, for Kim Grinolds, who's golfing right now, um, we're going to say goodbye and go dogs.